is our last meeting, so we must ensure that we have adopted all the minutes except the minutes of today. Committee Secretary, can you fly to the first set of minutes? Uh, draft minutes of the Portfolio Committee on Justice and Correctional Services, date 1st June 2022. Are there any corrections on page one? Let's go down. Committee Secretary, can you scroll down? Committee Secretary. I'm sure I think okay, here we go. Maybe it's internet connections. Uh, page two. Page three. Page four. Are there any seconders for the minutes? Honorable Mayor Drachen moves for the adoption of the minutes, Chair. Sorry, yes. Thanks for correction, Honorable Mayor Drachen. Uh, yes. uh, is there any second for the adoption of the minutes? Seconded, Chair. Honorable Mayor, seconded. Second. Any objections? No objections. The minutes are agreed to. Second set of minutes. Minutes of the Portfolio Committee on Justice and Correctional Services, date 24 May 2021. Public hearings on further submissions on the cannabis for private purposes bill and the committee deliberations on the land court bill. Are there any corrections on page one? On page two. On page three. Honorable Chair, Wumani Ojuchen, page two. Page two, Honorable Mayor Ojuchen. It's a very small correction, Chair. Mr. Dupria, um, the, his last, the last part of his name just needs to be in a capital. Mr. Dupria's, and then, yeah, capital P. That's it, Chair. 
Thank you very much. Uh, let's go to page three. Page four. Page five. Is there any mover for the adoption of the minutes as corrected? I so moved, sir. Honorable Mola moves. Mr. Prenders. Honorable Neil Drochen seconds. Honorable Neil Drochen seconds. Any objections? No objections. The minutes, the minutes are agreed to. Uh, do we have another set of minutes? It's just gonna... Uh, minutes of the Portfolio Committee on Justice and Correctional Services, 25 May 2022. Mm -hmm. Deliberations of the removal of Magistrate and Scalpit from Office. Responses from the Department of Justice and Constitutional Development on the Cannabis for Private Purposes Bill and Deliberations on the Land Court Bill. Any corrections on page one? Page two. Page two, page three. Go down. Any move for the adoption of the minutes? I move that the minutes got the catcher. Honorable Nola moves in a second. Honorable Neil Jochen seconds, Chen. Honorable Neil Jochen seconds. Any objections? The minutes are agreed to. Do we have the the other set of minutes. Yes, Chair. I'm just trying to put the first call. Apologies. Uh, Minutes of the Portfolio Committee on Justice and Correctional Services. You have taken off the slide. See ya. Our apologies. I think our internet connection is better, but globally. 
draft minutes of the Portfolio Committee on Justice and Correctional Services date 31st May 2022, consideration and adoption of the committee minutes, deliberations, and the land court plan. Any corrections on page one? On page two. Chairperson. Honorable Milford Trochan. On page two, Mr. Roberts's name is not there under officials. Mr. Our office bearers, Mr. Roberts's name under office bearers and officials. And Mr. Roberts's name is not there. Okay. That would be uh, that would be corrected. Okay, let's go to page two. Page three. Page four. Is there a move for the adoption of the minutes as corrected? I move to Honorable Column Wolves, any second? Honorable Neo Duchen, second, Chair. Honorable Neo Duchen, second, any objections? No objections. The minister are agreed to. Committee Secretary, any other sets of minutes? Uh, good morning, Chair. That was the last one. The outstanding minutes will be of the subcommittee. But uh, for the main committee, we are, we are up to date. Okay. Of this meeting? Yeah. Okay. Think, yeah. Thank you very much. Can we now deal with the report on the traditional court bill? Um, the report was circulated. It's going to be taken as a red. Um, can we flat the report? Thank you very much. The report of the Portfolio Committee on Justice and Correctional Services on the Traditional Courts Bill dated 8 June 2022. Firstly, let's start with corrections. Are there any corrections on page one? Page two, 
Is there a mover for the adoption of the report? Honorable Neo Drachen moves for the adoption of the report, Chairperson. Uh, Honorable Neo Drachen moves for the adoption of the report and the second. I second, Chair. Honorable Kobudele, any objections? Honorable Liako. Um, I don't have an objection per se, um, Chair. I just want to say the FF reserves its opinion for this moment, for this one in this moment. Thank you very much, Honorable Yago. The EFF reserves its positions. Any other party that wants to reserve its position? Honorable Gretenbach. Morning, Chair. Morning, everybody. We reserve our position. Thank you very much, Honorable Gretenbach. The Democratic Alliance reserves its position. Um, we have received an apology from Honorable Swart. Uh, he is attending the Chief Whips Forum. Uh, any other party that wants to reserve this position? We, we note all of them on standby, Chair. The flight might be full. Thank you. Uh, the report is agreed to with the reservation of the Democratic Alliance and the uh, Economic Freedom Fighters. Thank you very much. Uh, let's, let's come to the NCC. NCCS, uh, we agreed yesterday that we will start first start with the briefing on the process and we will come to the, the main issue. Mm -hmm. uh, the content advisor or the committee secretary who's leading us. Oh, I have my, my apologies, um, members. Uh, let's welcome the Deputy Minister of Justice and Correctional Services responsible for Correctional Services, Honorable Patege Leolo Mesa. You are welcome, DM. Thank you very much. Uh, My apologies. Uh, no, it's not. We're busy, uh, busy with other matters that affected me in another way. And uh, so your eyes had to be averted from me. <laughs> <laughs> My apologies. I'm sorry. Chair, I got a little bit of the flu, but uh, I am okay. confident that uh, I won't infect any of you with no. my flu. DM, I think uh, maybe before you proceed, let's start with the process that was going to be outlined by the, by the, by the content advisors before we come to the presentation. Thank you very much, dear. Uh, content advisor or committee uh, secretary. Good morning, Chair. And members. Yes, good morning, honorable uh, members. Good morning, DM. And uh, everyone present. Chair, uh, the NCCS uh, is provided for in uh, Chapter 8 of the Correctional Services Act. Uh, the operations and the, the, the appointment and the, the functions are uh, provided for in, in that uh, section of the Act. Section 83 talks to the structure of the NCCS. Uh, section 83, one specifically says the minister must appoint uh, the National Council. Uh, I think of particular interest for the committee is Section 83, two. That speaks to the national, how the, the council uh, consists of. 
It says uh, three judges of the Supreme Court of Appeal or of the High Court of South Africa appointed after consultation with the Chief Justice. It also says a magistrate of a regional division appointed after consultation with the chairperson of the magistrate commission. And it says a director or deputy director of public prosecution appointed after consultation with the NDPP and two members of the department or of above the rank of director appointed after consultation with the National Commissioner of Correctional Services, a member of South African Police Services of or above the rank of a director appointed after consultation with the National Commissioner of South African Police Services, and a member of Department of Welfare or of or above the rank of a director appointed after consultation with the DG of Welfare, and two persons with the special knowledge of correctional system who are not in the full-time service of the state, and uh, age speaks to four or more persons not in full-time services of the state, appointed as representative of the public in consultation with the relevant parliamentary committees, that's your NA and NCOP. Chair, we note that the, the minister submitted list of names uh, to the PC on Justice and Correctional Services for its consideration to be part of the council as representative of the public. Now, I think what, what the committee needs to deal with is to the issue of what does in consultation mean in this context? Uh, we also need to uh, respond to the question, can the minister continue to make appointments even if the committee disagree with some of the names submitted. Uh, we also need to respond to the question, what is the difference between in consultation and after consultation in this context? Uh, honorable members, you, you, you note that uh, in other uh, appointments, uh, the act says the minister must, con must appoint after consultation. It's only where the representatives of the public uh, where the act says in consultation with uh, the relevant parliamentary uh, committee. Now, I think, Chair, uh, for, for me, we what, what the committee needs to, to deal with is, is whether uh, should, should the, the name submitted uh, by the minister to the committee uh, what, what happens in a situation where the committee doesn't agree with some of those names? Uh, uh, whether whether the, the minister can continue and appoint uh, those particular individuals? Uh, because I think it's, it's, it's important uh, for the committee to, 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 to deal with the question of in consultation uh, when that appointment is made. Because the... the my, my, my view is that uh, after consultation, uh, it can happen where the minister, as I was discussing with the colleagues uh, at the secretariat, that th there might be instances where, for instance, the minister would say, would, would, would uh, present the names, for instance, to the, uh, uh, the, the Commissioner of uh, South African Police Service. And even if the, the, the commissioner doesn't agree with those names, the minister can uh, continue to appoint. 
because the minister would have uh, consulted. So that's after consultation. But in this case, I think we're talking about with uh, the, the appointment should be made in consultation. You know, so I think for me, chair. Uh, I think it, if my memory serves me well, in, in, in the third or fourth parliament, the Portfolio Committee on Correctional Services also had an issue uh, around this particular uh, 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 question of inconsultation. Because the, 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 I think there was an instance where the minister uh, appointed the council and only came to the committee after. Uh, appointing uh, to say these are the names that I've consulted, I've, I've appointed. Uh, the minister did not uh, appoint uh, in consultation with, 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 with the committee. So I think the debate started there, uh, where the committee raised concern to say that uh, the minister already continued with the process of appointment and only informed the committee uh, af, 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 after the fact. So I think the legislature. Uh, might have had this in mind when when they inserted that uh, particular in consultation. Because if you look at the other other appointment, it's after consultation. So I think uh, the legislature uh, did this deliberately uh, to say this this appointment should be uh, in consultation with us as the legislature. You know. So I think that that's 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 the end of my presentation, chair. Uh, to say that I think the committee needs to 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 deliberate on 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 those questions. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much. Uh, the department, can you take the slide down so that I can be able to see members? Then we will ask to put up the slide again once we are done with the deliberations. Is the slide still up? Oh, this, this slide is yours, uh, Mr. Matawate. Yes, yes, okay. yes, Chief. Thank you, Chief. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, uh, members, I think just before we, we, we proceed, uh, maybe our our understanding from the previous uh, discussions as a committee, because it's not the first time that we are discussing this matter, our understanding is that there has to be a meeting of mind between uh, the legislature and the minister, and the legislature and the minister has to agree on, on each of the names that have to be appointed uh, into, into that particular council. So uh, the in-consultation means that if there is no agreement, a name cannot go through. But then after consultation, it means that the minister can uh, engage with us, but still continue appointing the way he wants to, or she wants to appoint, uh, whoever he wants to appoint or she wants to appoint. But in the case of this in consultation, it means that there has to be an agreement between the legislature and the executive in this uh, instance. If my understanding of the of uh, of the of the provision uh, of the act, in particular the word in consultation, 
uh, members are free to ventilate their own views. Uh, I think that is why we we have ensured that we have invited the ministry that is led by the deputy minister so that they can able to motivate. Uh, we have a discussion with them. We have an engagement with them. Uh, uh, and then we have to have an agreement. If if uh, if uh, if uh, after 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 engagement with them, we have to have an agreement uh, on the names. Um, uh, that, that that is my understanding. Uh, but if members are of a different view or same view, they will indicate. I have honourable Nivod Strachans followed by honourable Kanji. in that order. Thank, thank you, Chairperson. I'm not sure, um, I'm not sure if what uh, you just said, Chair, answers the question, but because I wanted to ask, uh, I wanted to ask where the, the, the in consultation, in consultation means the minister already received the CVs, went through it, maybe interviewed them, and he himself agreed on the names. And he's only bringing the names to the committee to agree or disagree. That That is all. That is, that is my understanding from what you said, because I wanted to ask what the, the previous parliaments agreed on what in consultation means. The names are, are given to us. We just discuss the names with the minister and then we agree or disagree. It's, I think that's my understanding from what it means. Thank you very much, Honorable Judge. Uh, no, thank you, Chair. I have no issues with the, the explanation by both yourself and Mr. Matabate. Um, I think the, the fact is quite clear. It categorizes um, the after consultation is not attended by us in the committee. It's very clear and that work has happened by the minister. What pertains to us is the in-consultation sections or processes. Now, the minister has already done groundwork in that regard. And he is bringing that which he has done as part of the in-consultation. Unless somebody wants to take in-consultation further, which I, I, I would have a, an issue with and say, because it's in consultation, you needed to advertise with us. You needed to, to discuss with us the nature of the advert in relation to these people that you, you needed to shortlist with us um, because the act would not clarify at what point as in consultation starts. What the minister has done, has done the work, and the, and the work they've done, which is groundwork, um, 
because I don't think that uh, you've got a ministry uh, being against the consultation. I think they're very much aware of that. To a point, Chair, that the, the, the initial work they have done as part of that in consultation process, we would have been uh, furnished and sensitized as your substructure, the subcommittee last Friday, where that presentation was presented in front of us as part of the in-consultation process. So it makes sense that those of us, include especially myself as a chair of that subcommittee, to indicate that if we're going to be asking them to present to us what they've done as part of the in-consultation, to say, maybe started with your substructure. Uh, otherwise, there will be no need for that substructure. Um, to be attending to these issues. We, we, we had that presented to us. We had questions. In fact, the person presenting that would have been the presiding judge of that structure who presented every detail of the presentation by himself, not even asking a secretary, and explained every category of that to us as a subcommittee last Friday. Uh, so we had time to do that. And, and there were questions raised, there were clarity sought. There, there would have been areas of, of homework that needed kind of further work if, if those would have been raised. And so today, because we are not a fully-fledged committee, we are a substructure of this main committee. It makes sense that we come here and, and we're looking forward to being assisted. Uh, and guided in terms of what we've uh, started doing last Friday, which is coming here. And, and the good thing, at least today, we've got the Deputy Minister also being here in relation to that. I, I would suggest, because I, I think, uh, I don't think there's uh, anybody who's, uh, who, who's against or who doesn't understand the need of the issues that you've clarified today, after consultation and in consultation. Uh, that uh, perhaps it would be good that we, I don't know now because you don't have, unless I've, I've not seen them, um, the, the actual role players, the people leading NCCS, uh, because it makes sense that they, are, they present these things themselves probably the department this year, the deputy minister can 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 explain, but today we spend more than an hour with them on the issue. So it's fair that I report on that matter. And, 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 and it is the discretion of this committee to say that for the work of the subcommittee, while it's acknowledged, it's noted, but we don't accept it. Or the work of the subcommittee is acknowledged, accepted, perhaps there are gaps that needed to be done, or we agree and, and all of that. I, I want to avoid a situation where we behave as if we're only starting now. Mm -hmm. uh, thank you, Chair. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chancellor. So your suggestion is that we, after a discussion, we start with you before we go to the Deputy Minister so that you report on behalf of the subcommittee. Is, is that my understanding? I have no problem with that. Thank you very much, Honorable Juan. 
Yes, uh, thank you, Chair. Um, I firstly want to say, um, in respect of the way forward, I want to caution against necessarily always following the approach followed during um, the previous parliament. I believe we have a duty to, to consider the meaning for ourselves. Having said that, I'm, I'm, I'm not in disagreement with the general sentiments. The, the way I've read the relevant case law, um, and specifically the case law provided to us by the Constitutional Court, is that uh, in consultation with requires in simple terms concurrence by the legislature. Um, the the I, I want to say the the basic threshold being that a, deci a decision by the minister can only be reached after consulting the legislature. And I do think the, the only matter then in the current circumstances that that we should wrestle with a bit is what then should enable us to, in an informed way, give our views to the to the minister. Um, so now there's different options, either as the minister did, the, the I think it's 16 names that can be provided for, for four um, positions. And then we can decide on an uh, own process in order to, to, to advise the minister that in our view, these are the four candidates. Or I do also believe in the alternative, it might be, sufficient to 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 meet the requirement of of in consultation with for the minister to to inform us these are the the candidates embark on the process to to identify his preferred candidates then uh, report back to the committee with reasons as to why these are the the informed candidates and in order for us to then be consulted as to whether we we agree. So those, those in, in, to my mind, are the two options available, um, uh, uh, not to, to make the temperature rise. I, I think it is distinguishable from the, from however, from the, the, the approach followed in the previous parliament, where, where the minister completed everything, uh, gave simply the, the, the preferred names and merely I want to say, expected of, of the legislature to, to rubber stamp that. Um, and then for whatever reasons, ultimately the, the majority of the committee decided that that was sufficient to, to satisfy the demand for, for in consultation with. So, so I think there is a distinguishing, uh, there is a, a, a difference, a good difference in the way it is being handled currently. And I believe we, we should only wrestle with, with what we believe should be our own engagement with, with, the, with the process in order to satisfy um, the requirements, um, uh, the, the obligations put on us, because uh, that is simply what it is. There is a, 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 a parallel obligation on us to deal with this in a proper manner. Thank you. Thank you very much, Honorable Hon. Uh, can I suggest, uh, Honorable Members, that it would be fair to give the opportunity to the chair 
chair of the subcommittee to report, and then we follow um, uh, the process as follows, that after the chair has reported, then the minister would, uh, the, the deputy minister would uh, make his presentation uh, on which we would expect him to motivate for each name and we see whether we agree or we disagree, we have an engagement. And at the end of the day, the, the names that have to be, that will have to pass are names that have been agreed by both ourselves and the minister. So that would be uh, our understanding, I think, of uh, the fulfillment of the requirements of the in-consultation that we understand the reasons where, where the minister or the deputy minister comes from, the motivation for each name, whether we are convinced with that motivation, we have a discussion and we, we have an agreement if, they, if we're able to add on each of the names. And then if those names are agreed to, then we, we would have had a, a meaningful engagement and that and um, I mean having listened to everybody Mr. Matabata, Mr. Horn, and Mr. Chanji and uh, and the Honorable Trochan, uh, 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 I think we are generally there's, there's no disagreement amongst ourselves as to what the meaning of the wedding consultation is. I think that is what we are doing uh, today. So that is why the minister, uh, the deputy minister, is here to have that uh, engagement so that uh, we agree on each of the names. Is that in order, members? Fine, chair. Thank you very much. Uh, can we give this opportunity to the chair of the subcommittee? A, a few things up front. Uh, I, I think uh, I know the deputy minister is here. I, I I want to make this point because as a subcommittee, we were we were comprehensively briefed, and I'm worried that uh, as the matter is coming here, um, you you don't necessarily have the same menu coming here. But the first point I want to make, so I to take that out of the way, and, and I'm hoping that this is going to be the trend uh, which started yesterday, the, the reference, the reference to the past, and I would have said this in February 2020 in our workshop, that those of those of us who were part of the previous oversight body must bear with us. Uh, we simply were not there. Uh, we have witnesses of oversight that we have picked up. We must not be prisoners of what could not happen and the witnesses that happened then. So we were allowed to chart a chapter in terms of the sixth administration. And, and so if there's continuously going to be this issue that, that fix what you fail to do by people who were there, it's going to be a problem for me. And I'm hoping that we'll stay away from that and do the kind of things as we have started doing them in the sixth uh, administration. Coming back to the issue, Chair, as a, as a, as a subcommittee, we, firstly, I think this, this, this presentation would have been shared with all of us, even before 
last week Friday, and and we took time to listen to the presentation uh, of the categories that are of our interest uh, as the committee and and as of last Friday the subcommittee. I'm going, not going to go through the presentation, but perhaps to summarize the issue, because I would have hoped that after doing that, uh, the team that presented would, would, would echo some of those issues. But uh, after the presentation, we got into a, a discussion. And I must say that uh, in that discussion up front, Chair, of all the members of the committee, there would have been one or two who raised the uh, issues of clarity. Everybody else uh, after that presentation would have been in, 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 in silence uh, about the issues that were presented. Uh, Honorable Valma would have would have raised uh, one or two issues that, that the judge would have would have presented. But quite clearly from the from the presentation, you 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 would have in terms of the categories concerns around some of the the age of some of the experts and the skills uh, that we have. Uh, you would say have somebody at, at 70 uh, age old and so on, but the category is looking for a particular set of skills. Uh, and that would, would have asked questions about in what way are we able to, to deposit new experts in, into that because we, we can't afford to have these issues kind of uh, uh, collapsing. Uh, secondly, there would have been one or two departments, including social development, uh, that would have only deposited their names a day before Friday, because when they prepared the presentation, there would have been a gap of the name they needed from a, a particular uh, department. But with that having been done, uh, it was the view and the conclusion of the subcommittee that uh, we have not raised in that meeting uh, in terms of those categories and the names that were provided to us uh, with reasons that, were, that, that were, were, were put forward both in writing but also verbally by, by Judge Mashile as to why this, this person and not that person. We, we were in agreement uh, with what was placed in front of us as a subcommittee. As I indicated, you have you are at liberty to say you are too wrong, you're so wrong as a subcommittee to, to, to not have sent this back, to not have uh, 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 asked this and so on. But that would have been our view and, and, and the discussion that, that, that we entered uh, uh, in, in, into that. What we're also concerned about, also the timing because um, we, we are concerned about creating a vacuum between the appointment of that and, and perhaps the, 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 the what to call it, the expiring of, of, of some contracts of those that are there. And, and it, it is important that we, we timeously attend uh, to, to, to some of these issues. So Chair, I think in summary, I just want to share that uh, uh, without seeing the presentation in front of us, that having looked at it, having listened to it, and having engaged with it, uh, we concluded as a subcommittee uh, saying we, we are happy with what has been presented. 
uh, we look forward to the implementation of the issues. I pause there, Chair. Thank you very much. Honorable Juan, is it an old hand or a new hand? Okay, it is unfortunately a new hand. Um, let me say this to the Honorable Janky. It was not me this morning who brought into play uh, the way in which this committee operated during the previous parliament. It was him who made the statement that he satisfied with the way the practice that was established during the previous parliament. Um, and if, if he then expects of us uh, to simply, I'm still on the floor. Let's protect members, members, let's allow each member to speak. Yeah. So if he then, as a consequence, expect of us, because he has an, an allergic reaction to the way in which his party operated during the previous parliament in this committee, to turn a blind eye to that, that will simply not happen. It is in the best interest of this committee and this parliament for us not to repeat the mistakes that, that was made by this committee during the previous parliament. And, if, and it can simply never be that members who served them are not allowed to say, let's revisit the practice that was established during that parliament, because in our view, it was a problematic um, a practice. It was not a, a practice that complied with the legislation. And the reality is, the as a matter of fact, the mere fact that we are adopting a new approach uh, underscores the fact that, in fact, we have changed the practice. For, so for him to then come and say that we want to hold him hostage about what happened in the past, in the past is really not helpful. It is not helpful to maintain friendly relations, and he must accept that if he wants to go on a confrontational path in this, this respect, I'm all for it. Thank you. Members, thank you very much. I think let's focus on what is before us. Um, what is before us is the interpretation of the act and to ensure that we act within the spirit and the letter of the act. That is what is before us. And we should ensure that uh, we assist the NCCS to do its work uh, by ensuring that we appoint, we make the appointments timelessly, um, because I'm informed that already there has been some extension that was done um, uh, because uh, the appointments have not been made. So I think let's focus on the key issue, what is what is before us. I, I, I would appeal to members that uh, let's not uh, entertain a lot of things that are not the core issues. So let's come back to the issues. The report has been given uh, from the subcommittee uh, that uh, most of us attended uh, last week. Uh, that was chaired uh, uh, by Honorable Janji and Judge Mashile presented. But I would think that uh, uh, we, we should note the report and then allow the deputy minister now to present so that we can have uh, an engagement before, because the act says it must be done, in, it, the minister must act in consultation with the legislature. Can we now allow the deputy minister to make a presentation and, and we zoom into what needs to be done so that we, we finish this meeting? Uh, once again, thank you very much, Mr. Chairperson, and good morning to honourable members and everyone in the meeting. 
this task of uh, speaking to the portfolio committee on this matter was handed over to me by the minister last night uh, due to the fact that uh, he is attending a, a cabinet meeting this morning. I have not been very much involved, if at all, in the matter of the NCCS, as it is something that remains in his domain. As you know, in terms of the law, he's given the responsibility, among others, to appoint members of the NCCS in terms of the categories that have been applied earlier on. And uh, what uh, I am here to do is probably something that you are familiar with already, as I didn't attend the committee's meeting last week because I had a bereavement. Um, but um, in short, Chairperson, I'm not going to be talking about the merits uh, attaching to each candidate. Uh, I, I, I have not uh, got the opportunity to get that. All I have are the CVs of all these people, as well as the as well as the advertisement that was put out there. But uh, with that as it may, uh, the committee, the, the Human Resources Division in the department put out advertisements. And, uh, and uh, those advertisements, the first one was in June, July 2019. And then another advertisement had to be issued in October 2019 to widen the pool uh, of uh, possible candidates. I understand that uh, uh, not all the candidates that were there fulfilled the expectations that uh, attach to these positions. Hence, the second uh, advertisement. Then <clears throat> the, 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 the ministry uh, looked into this, uh, the minister's office looked into this, uh, in, into this, um, um, what do you call this, CVs. And then they selected, they, they, they did a gross, what is called the gross listing, where you take away all those that uh, don't even come anywhere close to meeting the requirements as stated in the advertisement. And then they were left with a, a list of people that uh, meet the requirements. And uh, then the selection itself was done on a needs basis. That is, they looked at uh, the categories of people that uh, the minister wanted the candidates to come from, like uh, lawyers, ministers of religion, academics involved, in criminal justice work and uh, persons involved in social work and uh, those who are involved in community activities having something to do with our justice administration system. So they looked at those and then they came up with a list of 16 uh, candidates for appointment. Um, the reason, as I understand it, uh, they have to, we are submitting 16 candidates for appointment is because there's no limit to the number that uh, can be the number of, uh, of people that can be appointed uh, to this position. And um, as a result, the minister, because of the enormity of the task, uh, it decided, the minister decided that uh, there be 16 candidates. I understand there were 14 in the past, but the amount of work that is done by this committee is huge more so that uh, there has been 
the period of 2020 where most of the work, especially when appointments could not be done because of uh, COVID-19. So there's an overload of work. There are many uh, profiles that have to be uh, uh, dealt with by this NCCS in order to assist the minister in the consideration of uh, their parole. Members, Honourable, will remember that uh, some of these uh, members of the NCCS serve on the parole board. I do not know, therefore, Chairperson uh, and Honourable Members, if it's really necessary for me to go through the names, as I believe uh, they have been presented to the portfolio committee uh, in the letter in the letter that uh, the minister wrote to to the chairman, if I'm not, yes, the names are, are here. They come, as I said, from the legal fraternities. We have quite a number of um, people involved in the law, I think one, two, three, four, five, six of them from the legal fraternity specifically. There's one person from the religious fraternity and there are a number of people, one, two, yeah, there are a number of people from academics, that is two of them. And then we have a representative from the community. Um, then there's a criminologist, there are criminologists, there are two of them. And then there are two social workers. And then there are psychologists that are two two of them. Essentially, as, as I say, the minister decided that in order to identify suitable people for uh, appointable in terms of this particular subsection, he has to look at those categories of people. Um, as I say, Jefferson, I had not had the opportunity to, to have the resumes of uh, uh, each one of these candidates that can be used to convince or persuade the portfolio committee to agree to them. Of course, in the letter, uh, for instance, there's uh, Mr. Hanekom, 68 years of age from the Western Cape, clinical psychologist and so on. That brief uh, description of what they are about is there contained in the letter. Uh, if I were to try to delve deeper as to why it is that we chose these particular ones instead of which ones, I wouldn't be doing a service to the committee. But fortunately, the secretariat of the NCCS is here. Uh, they are in a position, in a better position than me uh, to answer any questions specifically directed at each one of these candidates. All that I'm requesting as uh, mandated by the minister is that the portfolio committee accept the bona fides of the ministry uh, in choosing these particular people for presentation to you uh, for appointment to the NCCS. Thank you, Shepherdson. Thank you very much, dear. So are you saying that uh, members from the NCCS secretariat, they are able to speak to each and every one of those names? Are they part of the meeting? Uh, in my understanding, they are part of the meeting, and Carol, the legal advisor to the minister, uh, is also here, and uh, she is uh, very much involved in matters of the NCCS. 
members, uh, can we allow Carol to do the motivation because it goes to the crux of the meaningful engagement on the on the on the names, so that uh, maybe we better understand uh, the people that are being proposed, so that after that we can be able to engage uh, as as the as the committee. Will that be in order? Uh, Honourable Neurotrufen, uh, Chair, I, I agree with that, Chair. Thank you very much. Anyone opposed to it? None. Uh, can we uh, advocate Mobo? Morning, Chair. Morning, Honourable Members. Um, I want just to download all the CVs that were sent to you, uh, but I think it's coming because I, I've got a challenge with the network here. I don't know why. But what I want to report to the committee is, um, you will recall, uh, Honorable Chair, there was an issue regarding a geographical spread, and of which it was also an issue that was also raised, and of which we did try our level best to attend to it. As you can notice there, all the, 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 the provinces are represented in all different categories. And also another issue that will maybe uh, an issue, it will be the issue of the age. Because when we, upon scrutinizing all the CVs, we're also having a, a challenge. Like for example, I'll just give you an example in criminologists. Criminologists is a scarce skill sign of which even at the department itself, they are having a challenge of having criminologists. So currently on the list, on the proposed list that we have sent, we have uh, Dr. Chetty, who's the current member of the NCCS, and of which we are also trying by all means to also address the issue that was also raised by the subcommittee of um, transferring skills. So of which also, I think there was a young name that was also paired with that one of a criminologist. So um, I'll just request, uh, I'll just request maybe uh, the secretary just to flag the name because what we did, we also try to just put the names according to, to, to the proposed name that we have submitted starting by Amanda Villagas on the legal fraternity, who is currently also an NCCS member, and of which she's 34 years of age and a female admitted attorney, also based in Johannesburg. And the motivation that was also submitted to us, it was to say Ms. Villagas is a suitable candidate of the said position as she has a wealth knowledge and policy development and is well acquitted with the process and status when it comes to government uh, security industry. And of which I've also indicated that she's currently an NCS, uh, NCCS member since 2015. And also Ms. Vinagazi is a young woman who's also an attorney having been admitted since July, 2012. Ms. Villagas has the necessary skills and experience that will surely have a meaningful contribution to the council. 
I pause, um, I mean, I pause there, Chair, if maybe there are some other questions re relating to uh, Ms. Villagas as our first proposed uh, candidate. I can just maybe ask the members to maybe, I don't know if, if maybe there's any question so we can just maybe be able to answer. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, Advocate Mugu. Uh, members, um, will it not be too much of time consuming or maybe what we might uh, suggest is that uh, the department uh, advocate will go through the list of the 16 that they are proposing, then we can start the discussion from there. Will that not uh, save time? Because I, I think that uh, discussion one by one might take the whole day. Uh, what is the feeling of the members? That's an order. Thank you. Any objection to that? None. Uh, can you proceed, uh, uh, Advocate Mugo? Just uh, go through all of them. Uh, okay. The second uh, candidate is still under legal fraternity. We have an advocate, Yvette Lerux, who's for the success of age female advocate of the High Court of South Africa based in the Eastern Cape. The motivation, the motivation from the CV that we received is that advocate uh, Relux was previously employed by the Department of by the Department of Police from 2011 until March 2019. And she started her career as a legal officer at Legal and Policy Services. Um, Walma was at SAPS in 2012. She was also transferred to Mount Road in order to train and give legal advice to all the station and Mount Road cluster. In 2019, Advocate Leroux resigned and started her own practice. At a cluster level, Advocate Leroux attended uh, quarterly meetings uh, between SAPS, correctional services, and different courts within the Port Elizabeth area. Advocate Leroux also acted as a liaison between uh, St. Albans, Livingstone Hospital, and Fort England in cases where the court found that um, the suspect must, must be monitored in order to establish if the suspect can stand trial. So that's the motivation from Advocate uh, Liru under legal fraternity. The third candidate is um, Advocate Mahuman, K.A. Mahuman. Uh, Advocate Mahuman is currently serving um, Secretary, if you could also just flag the presentation as well. It's also currently serving under the NCCS since 20, 2016 uh, and up until now, and of which um, he's also from Limpopo and also having the experience and expertise to serve the country in the spirit, in the spirit of constitution and, and the applicable legislation, as well as to advise the minister on policy issues pertaining to correctional services issues. That is the motivation from uh, Advocate Mahuman. And then the, 
the fourth candidate is a uh, Mr. Um, Mr. M. A. Mashifan, and then also the motivation from uh, Mr. A. F. I mean M. A. Mashifan. It's despite the disability, I came across of which he's also representing the disabled. And then he came across while I was doing grade 10 and of which I had an ambition of becoming a professional person. And then he completed secondary school and proceeded to study at the university and to realize his ambition. And of which currently he's admitted as an attorney in April, 2005. And since then, and then he continued to work for Root Accident Fund in Gauteng, Department of Agriculture, Conversation and Environmental and South African Health Product Regular, uh, Regularity Authority. And after graduated uh, BCom, he persuaded uh, his postgraduate studies wherein he obtained LLM in mercantile law and postgraduate diploma in labor law and other short courses, and of which he started uh, his own company in uh, July 2017, and of which he, uh, he practiced in his own account and also dealing with medis- medicine control cancer, drafting contract that was part of his work, and of which he also did some specific contract and general principles of contract, and of which um, he also motivated to say he was previously a deputy director in litigation management, and of which he has gained uh, experience in managing litigation in national environment management, waste, waste and conversation of agricultural uh, resources. And of which uh, the last part is litigation has been integral part of his work and of which he has experience in handling litigations from uh, internal appeal of ministers or MEC and review by the court and appeal of Supreme Court of Appeal and undue enrichment dispute claims for damages and contractual dispute to mention some. That was our fourth uh, candidate, which is Maruti Aaron Mashifano, who's 45 years of age. And then our fifth is Miss Ngezeli Victoria Mbowen, who's uh, 35 years of age, female and admitted attorney based in Omalanga. Um, according to her motivation, my apology, uh, honorable members. Yes. yes. Ms. Nkuna has a vast knowledge in the South African criminal justice system. In 2018, oh, sorry. In 2008, she completed her Bachelor of Law degree uh, from the University of Zululand, and of which in 2009, she did complete a practical legal training at the Legal Education Development, which is lead in UKZN. In 2009, she started her criminal law career as a candidate attorney 
at the Legal Aid of South Africa, where she was dealing with criminal law on a day-to-day basis. In 2011, she, she joined the National Prosecutor Authority as an aspirant public prosecutor for seven months, working between Polugwani and Pretoria. In April 2012, having not finished her program, she was appointed as a district court prosecutor, moved to Babaton Court. She qualified as a public prosecutor before she even concluded her training. Uh, That was based on hard work, determination, loyalty, perseverance, and assertive to bold attitude journey. She continued to serve the community of Babaton, where she was dedicated prosecutor working close with domestic violence victim, amongst other state uh, prosecutors. In 2014, she was moved to Tonga Magistrate Court, which is in the district of Ngomazi, as an advanced district court prosecutor, where she worked with tough cases such as murder, rape, armed robbery, ritual killings, and that will also assist in the regional court as well as assisting in control office, uh, office or uh, prosecutor's office from time to time. In 2016, she at Tonga Court as a control prosecutor where she was supervising and prosecuting uh, and prosecute other prosecutors where they reported um, seven cases that were prosecuted within the period of two years and also running the office as a manager, and of which uh, she will make decision with regards to both the magistrate court matters and the regional court matters, working under the supervision of senior prosecutors. In 2018, August, she resigned and dedicated to follow a long, long-term dream of starting her own business, and she opened her own law firm where she's currently employed as a managing director. She's under her wings. Five ladies work with her, with her law firm, as she believes in promoting black woman empowerment. She's, she's, she's an attorney with the right appearance in the high court. And one of the highlight cases that I was present, that she was present as a member of the community in 2016, it was when five men were arrested for the murder of three years of three, year, three years old child from Mahobode, one of the rural areas in Komaz, where people still believe in witchcraft. She was the prosecutor and she dealt with the bail application after all the prosecutor of Komaz and some of the nurses refused to do it. She's a hardworking woman, which is also dedicated and of which it would be of great value for the council to have her, to serve as an SCCS council. Thank you. Now we're moving to the sixth one, which is Tepo Nawana, age 41, year, 41 years old, male admitted attorney based in Johannesburg. Um, um, Tepo Nawana, um, also the motivation to serve in the council is that he's also um, serving in the council of Johannesburg currently, and of which uh, 
uh, he referred to, oh, he's currently serving in the city of Johannesburg and on t- part-time basis, not in full-time basis, but in, on f- or part-time basis. And he's willing and ready to serve in any capacity, big or small. Hence, the application also to serve as an NCS council member. His, his aim was also, I mean, he also has two degrees which he used to benefit to benefit the poor and to advise and re- resolve some of the legal challenges. He is indeed a seventh, seventh of the people who understand the principle of Batupili. And being a counselor, he strengthened his oversight skills as he served portfolio committee previously, and also known as Section 79 Committee on Municipal Public Account Committee, Governance and Rules. As a result uh, thereof, it will make him an asset to the organization, which is the NCCS that will serve and of which he'll also contribute gratefully to the realization of its vision, strategic objection, and and prioritize the parole board. That was the motivation for our last uh, candidate under legal fraternity. Now we move to religious uh, fraternity, which is um, Reverend Ohisho Franz Mugisi, who's also based in Pretoria, age 58. Um, Mr. Mugisi was also previously working for the Department of Correctional Services, serving as a parole board member for the period of 14 years. And then of which now um, he's, he's, he's currently um, not serving under the, I mean, the parole board. And also his motivation to also be appointed is uh, he has seasoned individual with more than 12 years, years, more than 12 years experience in correctional services, supervision parole board. And Reverend Mokisi also has a special knowledge of the correctional services system and presently not in full-time, not in full-time service of the state. And he has also uh, experience when it comes to community leaders and also good standing with the community. So that was the motivation for Reverend Franz Mokisi. And then now we look at the academic academics with experience in criminal justice. The first candidate is Dr. Lenoy Rose Johnson, who's 60 years of age and of which um, is a doctor of education based in Pretoria, involved in virus project activities, working closely with the Department of Correctional Services on educational program that benefited that benefit woman offender. She was also working with the department in the establishment of UNISA Hub. She'll be assisting the department with the training of professionals within the department. That was the motivation of Dr. Lineo Rose Johnson. Now we come to um who's also a current member of the NCCS and also 60, 68 years of age based in the Western Cape and of which 
He also completed his master's in administration. He has served as a member of the NCSS since 2016 up until now. He's also involved in various uh, community development. Now we can move to community representative. Um, Mr. Malule Gankopo, uh, age 71, 71 years of age from the Western Cape. He also obtained the diploma from the University of Hablot in Berlin. And he, is also, he also got LLB degree. And he's a, also a current member of the NCCS, which has also been part of the pro project to uplift communities within the Western Cape. And then under criminologist, um, we have uh, Dr. Vanita Chetty, age 71, a female who specializes in criminology, which is a skill skills in the correctional services um, environment, is also based in Devon. Her experience and skills and specialization when it comes uh, relevant to the work of the NCCS, as she's also currently serving as an NCCS member. And we also have uh, Ms. Vuyelwa, under criminologist Vuyelwa Maweni, who's 30 years of age from KwaZulu-Natal with Master's in Social Science, majoring in Criminology and Forensic Studies and Doctor of Philosophy candidate. She's still currently doing her PhD and she's lecturing Forensic Criminology and uh, she has worked with the Department of Correctional Services on risk profiling and community profiling. Now we move to social workers. And in under social workers, we have uh, Ms. Darlene van Beljun, who's um, 48 years of age from the Western, I mean, sorry, from the Eastern Cape, a female with master's in forensic social work with an extensive experience in social work, restorative justice and victim empowerment. And still under social worker, we've got Dr. Yolinda Stein, age 48 years from Free State Province, a female with a doctorate in social work and 23 years experience in social work. Under psychologist, we've got Mr. Velem A.A. Hanekom, 68 years of age from Western Cape, um, qualified as a clinical psychologist with with a master's degree and experience in, in the Department of Correctional Services. And also he has his own private practice. Still under uh, psychologist, we've got Ms. Lusanda Yuzet Reiterman, who's 67 years of age, based in Gauteng, a clinical psychologist with master's degree and uh, mm -hmm. obtained from the University of Surrey. And she's also a current NCCS member. So, Honorable Chair, these are all the proposed 16 names. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, uh, Advocate Mubo. Members, that is the presentation from the department. They have done the also the, the breakdown in terms of budgets that was circulated to members. Um, Honorable Horn. 
Yeah, thank you, Chair, um, and thank you for that presentation. Um, can we be advised, Chair, whether uh, and what processes were followed ultimately to check uh, uh, the propriety and the fitness and properness of of these candidates to serve other than, than working through CV? So were they, for example, a formal vetting process? Um, were there, for example, if one thinks about the role the NCC plays in deciding on parole, uh, one would, for example, also think that the the credit record and and assurances around financial stability of of members should be relevant. In certain circumstances, I would think that whether prospective members um, have been criminally convicted themselves would be relevant. So in essence, my, my question turns on on the probity checks, uh, et cetera, and the process followed to determine any of those, um, whether we can be informed about that. Thank you. It's a screen, the screening process. Thank you very much, Honorable Hon, Honorable No, I wanted to speak on vetting as well, so I'm covered. Thank you very much. And it's an important question because uh, every, every entity or everyone that we have to appoint as parliament has to go through that particular process. And it's one of the processes that is taken very seriously. So I think it's a it's a very important question to to be asked. Uh, over to you, uh, Advocate Mubu, or any member of the Secretariat. Thank you, Chair. Through you, um, our view was that maybe after all uh, this uh, processes has. Um, I mean, has concluded because what we did initially, it was advertised through our HR and of which they did the gross listing, gross listing of um, all the names that were applied. And then after that, and then they brought it to our attention. That's where we did our selection process. And then after that, that's where we also, because uh, our act is clear to say in consultation with relevant parliamentary uh, office, and of which that's what we currently am doing now. And our view was that maybe after all the names that were like approved, and then we'll go back and ask for the HR to assist us with the vetting processes from the department side. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So they were not, uh, so all in all, you did not subject them to that screening uh, process? No, 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 not yet, sir, because we only rely on the CV and their qualifications and also the motivation that I just read just now. They were not subjected before. They were not subjected. Yes. Yeah. No, no, that's fine. Uh, Honorable Breitenbach? Uh, thank you, um, Honorable Chairperson. Good morning to everybody. Um, Chair, that, that's a little problematic. Um, 
if we're going to select people off this list, make recommendations off this list, and then only vet those people, and if there's a problem with one of those, then select it, uh, that means we have to redo the whole process. It seems quite pointless to me. Um, and my suggestion would be that the vetting should be done before we do any kind of uh, evaluation or selection on the basis of the information that we have already. Thank you. Thank you very much, Honorable Weltenbach. Uh, Deputy Minister, um, I think you would be aware that um, if we were to agree with you, let's say on the names, uh, we must take them to our respective house, houses, that is uh, us to the NA and uh, uh, the select committee to the council. Now, if we take people that have not been uh, screened and it comes out that some of them might have committed criminal offense, um, are we not going to be creating a serious problem in terms of reputation to the to the respective houses? Yes, obviously, that is going to inconvenience the portfolio committee and the select committee in their work. Uh, but uh, if uh, we were to persuade the portfolio committee to to take their decision on the basis of what is available, subject to them being uh, appointed after having been vetted and found not to have any uh, records that uh, would disqualify them. The, the date uh, of appointment already is uh, uh, set to be the 22nd of July. And as I say, there's a pile of work that has to be uh, to be done. But nonetheless, I accept that uh, you, you are in a very difficult situation here. But uh, if you can use the period that is available to get the uh, the ministry to do the necessary in terms of uh, vetting and screening, I think that would uh, assist. But if we were to say we, we approve them subject to vetting, they would not be able to start working until they are vetted. Yes, uh, that's what I'm saying. Uh, hopefully between now and the date uh, of their appointment, which is July, already around the corner, we would uh, do the vetting and screening. With me here, other members, we have Honorable Janji, Honorable Engelbert, Honorable Nola, Honorable Breitenbach. Is it an old hand? No, it's a new hand, Honorable Breitenbach, in that order. Honorable Janji. Honorable Janji. We'll come back to him. He's going to Fernando. <laughs> to do what? Honorable Mola. Examine the furniture. Honorable <laughs> Mola. 
Honorable Mola. You went with? Honorable Mola. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, I have appreciation for the urgency of this matter. However, I think that um, a lack of planning of a rudimentary administrative process is not no motivation uh, for urgency. And from my side, um, I would be very reluctant uh, to approve a list that. Um, Everyone here assumed um, the basic processes of vetting uh, has been done because obviously as parliament, um, we cannot be seen as to uh, be doing things haphazardly um, and because all of a sudden something was forgotten to, to be done by someone, we now do uh, change a process a little bit, uh, provided that the vetting be done and subject to that, we do this because we sit with a, a deadline breathing down our necks. These things, uh, we either do it in the correct uh, fashion, the way that it's supposed to be done, um, or we postpone, uh, get those things in place, and then take a decision um, in the correct fashion and the way that we should do these things and what is expected of us to, to, to do. Thank you. Thank you very much, Honorable Elbert, uh, Honorable Brittenbach. Yeah, um, uh, Chair, I think oh, yeah, I'm told that you're from Hanenedal to look at the furniture. Uh, I'm back now, Chair. <laughs> okay, you can proceed. Proceed, Honorable Tanji. No, 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 no. Uh, thank you, Chair. I, I don't know what is this excitement about Genadendal. They had time to have Genadendal. Uh, they might not have it for the foreseeable future. Let them just forget about it. Let me get to this, Chair. I think, Chair, but I want to thank uh, the Advocate Mobu and the DM because I think uh, under your leadership, they've taken time to take us through um, the, all of these explanations uh, about uh, why they appointed these members. It seems, Chair, up to this point, uh, there's an important issue being raised, which you have emphasized it. Um, and I don't see any other issue, therefore. And the issue is... Um, with everything else in place, considering that we're dealing with a security space, which is DCS, and we would have seen this in the oversight, even how, I mean, in, in, in St. Albans, we were taken through with the Honorable uh, Yako and Nola about a pattern of how contrabands are done internally. And, 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 and that relates to some of the questions uh, uh, Mr. Horn is raising around finances. Uh, 
where people become vulnerable. So it is important to have that that kind of a, a, a vetting in that space. And in fact, the vetting will realize if you if you remember when we dealt with a, another uh, magistrate in Mosul Bay, it became clear that besides the issues that she was being suspended to, that magistrate would have a criminal record before she was a magistrate. And so these these vettings, uh, I'm, I'm emphasizing the point, but the proposal I want to make, Chair, which you have started, that I want to support the notion that says, with the presentation being made, uh, we support this, we approve this subject to, and we have got to give timelines to that, even though we're not in control of that vetting process, but we've got to put that pressure, subject to the vetting of these names. Um, the DM speaks about July. Hopefully, it will have to happen well before that. Because besides the vetting, there's no other issue that uh, is a red flag here. Uh, that would be the only issue that becomes a concern. And there's no reason for us uh, not, not to support the presentation uh, for, for that. It must be subjected to, to the vetting, because if they, if they all pass vetting, and then they are good to go. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, Honorable Nola. Are you back? Yes, I'm back, Chair. Thank you. Yeah. I think let's say, let's say, all agree as the committee that uh, it was an error from the side of the department to not uh, prioritize vetting uh, up until thus far. And say so we are finding ways to coin the resolution of the committee as it relates to the candidates that were presented before us. I want to echo uh, uh, what Honorable uh, Gianji has just said, that uh, we approve subject to vetting, but let, we, we don't stop there and say, the department will therefore be liable to come to the committee and present the vetting report before the resumption of duties by these candidates. I, I wanted to propose it that way, Chair. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, Honorable Rittenbach. Thank you, um, Honorable Chairperson. Uh, yes, I'm afraid I don't agree with Honorable Janky uh, or Honorable Nola. Um, this is a, a vital step that has been left out of the process. I think it should be reckless of this committee to accept any of these uh, names put forward without a vetting process having taken place. Uh, this is the Committee on Justice and, uh, and Correctional Services. We do not want to be the committee that uh, uh, allows for A, shoddy processes, and B, uh, possibly... Um, less than uh, salubrious people being put for, names being put forward by this committee. So I would distance myself from that approach and I would not support uh, approving this pending uh, vetting. We all know how long vetting can take. We're in the, almost in the middle of, of June. There's no possibility of this being done by July in any event. And, uh, and so I think they should go back, uh, do the job properly and then return. So I would not support that uh, process. Thank you. 
Thank you very much. Just uh, before uh, the Mr. speaks, I think uh, for us to, um, I think to be seen to be thorough uh, or to assist the chair, um, I thought the issue of vetting or screening was raised uh, by Honorable uh, Horn. Um, before we just conclude, are there any other issues that members would want to raise with respect to the names that have been raised so that we know that by the time we leave here, uh, this is the only outstanding matter. I think that is the first point. Um, um, I will come to the second point. But firstly, let me just to, just to assist myself, are there any other issues that members have that they would want to raise um, so that we, 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 we really ensure that we have done everything except this one uh, that is, uh, we agree that is, uh, is, is an issue. Are there any other issue? Are we happy with the names that have been presented except the issue of uh, screening? Honorable Janji. No, Chair, uh, maybe my, my advantage is the fact that I had a double, double bite on it, but uh, to just purely on today's presentation, um, there was thorough explanation uh, on the processes that unfolded, particularly the names that are being uh, appointed, which is always a, a, a thorny issue. So I, besides the vetting, which becomes important, I have no other issue and I see no other issue that would be a problem and an obstacle uh, in this regard. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Is there any other person who wants to speak on this issue? As articulated by Honorable Janji. Honorable Peter Bach, is it a new hand or an old hand? Uh, sorry, it's all. Thank you. Honorable Neville Johan. Thank you very much, Chair, and good morning to everyone. Um, from to those from the NCCS Secretariat. Um, actually, firstly, I'd like to say thank you for the motivations provided. I am happy with what uh, Ms. Mobu has uh, gone through and uh, in support of that, other than the vetting process, of course, the vetting issue. Thank you very much. Members, I would like to bring to attention that it would be important for us to use the, the appropriate word. Uh, vetting is a much more involved process, um, which ultimately the result in the top secret uh, certificate. And what we have been using and insisting on is screening and they're different. So are we sure that we want these people to be vetted or to be screened? Because, uh, and who must do that? Because uh, from the entities that we have interviewed um, for screening, 
it is done by the SSA. So we want, let's say, a screening done by the SSA or the vetting done by the SSA or just um, going to SAPS and punch a person's uh, uh, ID and to check whether that person has a criminal record, but it will not give you everything. It will not give you about whether the person is indebted or not and all of those things. So, but the people who can do that is uh, generally the SSA. So we need to be clear about those issues. Um, Honorable DM, can I give you an opportunity once these members have clarified some of these issues or would you want to come before? No, I can come afterwards. Thank you very much. Honorable Breitenbach. Thank you. Honorable Chairperson, I think that uh, vetting would be the appropriate process. Um, the, the, this is an important body that we want to uh, agree to people sitting on. Uh, it's it plays a very important role. And some of the members of, of this body sit on the parole board, which has a, a huge impact on society and is a, a vitally important uh, institution. And so I think we should be very careful and, uh, and, and go the extra mile in checking up on who we actually agree should serve on these bodies. It's important, and anything less than that would indicate that we view view the the persons who sit on those bodies and those bodies as less than vital. Um, and we, we will never improve the criminal justice system if we settle for second best. Thank you, Mr. Thank you very much. Uh, but all other people, all other bodies, including the public protector, deputy public protector, were screened and we have never vetted them. So I think these ones should be vetted, and why this one should be vetted and other ones should be screened. Honorable Chairperson, this is a little bit different in that uh, the, we expect these people to function within the very complex milieu of the criminal justice system. There are a whole different range of pressures um, are brought to bear uh, of a very different nature. Uh, pressures to, to do things that are perhaps not right, pressures to assist people, uh, pressures where you are threatened perhaps. Uh, we need to know what caliber of person we're dealing with. It's important. Thank you very much. Um, okay. okay. Uh, Honourable Janji, just before you come in, or maybe you must come in, I will raise this point after. Yes, Chair. I don't think Chair will must complicate the matter. Um, in assisting you as a Chair, I, I would, I would, I would uh, urge that uh, we become consistent with the approach that uh, we've used as the committee in, in everything else that has come in front of us. There would have been people who were appointed in the information regulator. These are people who are dealing with very sensitive information of all of us. We adopted the process of the, all of them having been screened. Um, and, 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 and so I, I wouldn't want us to now, um, with, without any uh, properly motivated uh, issue to, to change that approach 
that as a committee we had adopted in everyone who had gone through a process with us of interviews and so on. Let's stay with that process uh, that we adopted, which is which is uh, screening. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, oh, thank you very much, Chairperson, once again. Uh, I, I would like uh, to, to urge the committee uh, to not uh, punish the process because it is annoyed by the failure on our part to do vetting or, or screening. Uh, if we were to reject them on that basis, and or rather refuse to approve the appointments, then the appointment of this uh, committee, which is very important, as has been said by honorable members, will be delayed much, much longer than it would be because of vetting or screening process that the candidate has to be subjected to. Uh, if it were to be uh, an approach uh, preferred by the portfolio committee members. We might uh, agree perhaps to screening them, I mean to approving them subject to being screened, which I understand, uh, even though I'm not very much familiar with the intricacies there, uh, to, uh, it's less complicated, I imagine, so that uh, they continue to, to do their work but the vetting process, if the portfolio committee still believes is necessary, uh, take its course. So what I'm saying is that I would uh, request the committee uh, to make a compromise, appoint them, as suggested by other honorable members, and then uh, appoint them upon. They must take office only after they have been screened and uh, come up with satisfactory uh, results. And if the committee feels very strongly that even beyond their screening and passing the test, then they must be subjected to vetting. It will only be upon the discovery of information that was not found under screening that then the necessary uh, action will be taken, which could be in the form of them being discharged from their responsibilities. Otherwise, if we delay uh, making the appointment now or approving the appointment, then uh, the delay would be even much uh, uh, um, adverse, ad ad adverse to the work of the department. Thank you, Chair. So, DM, you are saying that we approve subject to screening or vetting, but they will only resume office after they have been approved, that is, um, after they have been cleared, either by screening. After they have been cleared, after they have been cleared through screening. And then? Which I understand is a, is a much less complicated process. Much less complicated it. process. But in actual fact, they would not be in office. Because they will they be in office chair uh, uh, after they have passed the screening test. But between now and the screening test results being out, they would not be resuming, they, they will not be doing any of the work because they would not, it would be a provisional appointment 
so they would not have the authority to to to, to act to do to, to do their work. That's what I'm suggesting to myself. And then why how will that be different from waiting for the screening to be done and then taken to the National Assembly? And then uh, once the National Assembly has approved them with the with the certificate that is clear to them, uh, well, how will it be different? You know, I thought, Chairperson, uh, you you didn't like a situation where you have to sit down again and entertain that uh, that report uh, when you have already applied your mind to the suitability of these candidates. Because I imagine it would just be a question of a report being submitted that all of them have been cleared or some of them have not been cleared. In which case, therefore, you will have to be presented with other names to fill the gap that will be there. Yes. But yes. at the same time, if I may, as I indicated earlier, I have not been involved that much in the matters of the NCCS. The, the act itself seems to be saying not less than four members are to be selected in this uh, manner we are doing. Mm. Uh, which means, therefore, that uh, unless more than half of them or all of them don't qualify, don't, don't pass the screening test, the, 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 the body can still function without these other numbers and the other members that are there. Yes. Uh, so members for this dialogue, but I think it's important, and I will just tell you why. I think uh, Honorable Deputy Minister would know, um, even Honorable Swart, I think they were part, uh, he's not here, they were part of the National Assembly then. Uh, there was a problem in wherein where the late Honorable Mbumbana was supposed to be sworn in as a member. Um, and seemingly uh, he was interviewed uh, for a particular post, I think human rights or whatever, by the National Assembly, but seemingly uh, something was not picked up at that time. And then when he was supposed to be sold in, it had to delay his sorting in. Uh, do you remember that, Honorable Olomisa? Yes, I do remember, sir. Now, my hesitancy is based on that if we take something that National Assembly expect us to have done that, and we have not done it. And if things come up, then the whole, in fact, the Assembly's reputation is at stake. Because I think we still have to come back to vetting and screening. But let's, let's, let's debate the, the basic one, the screening. Uh, issues like uh, financial probity, criminal records, and all of those things. Uh, if they have not been done, are we not going to be accused by the National Assembly that this is the basic? Because for every, for every uh, board that we have to appoint and recommend to the National Assembly, we are expected that, that we should have done that. Yes, yes, Chairperson, I was uh, suggesting that 
their appointment must not take effect even if beyond July 2022, which is our deadline, until and unless the screening results have been provided. But in principle, I would thought I would have thought it's possible for the portfolio committee to agree to appointing uh, to, to the appointment of the uh, provisionally, as you said, subject. In other words, to them win, uh, passing the screening test. Honorable Jana. Uh, good morning, Chair, and good morning, members. Chairperson, uh, uh, it's just that we are pressed with time. I just wanted to find out, um, we, it's not for the first time we uh, have taken uh, members which are supposed to be appointed to for screening. Maybe the question would be, uh, if we can find out from our secretaries, how long does it take? Because I, I remember, if I'm not mistaken, they are, they've done this before. How long is this screening will take us? I know that my question, maybe uh, I have not yet made my input, but I wanted to know how long will it take for us to screen these people normally, the normal uh, period. Thank you, Chief. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Jale, Honorable Horn. Yeah, thanks, Chair. Um, I firstly want to um, latch on to your, your, uh, the statement you made during the latter part of your engagement with the Deputy Minister and say that I think we must guard against the situation where we in any event expose Parliament as the national legislature against uh, uh, to any situation where Parliament can be accused of not having followed the due process. And in that regard, we must say to one another that ordinarily uh, screening, if we're going to use that term then for the, for the sake of the argument, is used to determine the eligibility of somebody to be appointed. Um, so in that sense, I, I, I'm, I'm not, uh, the, the argument of the Deputy Minister, unfortunately, is not finding full favour with me to say that there's no risks in, in saying we appoint pending successful screening. And, and let me also unpack why. Um, vetting, as you pointed out, is a complex process. And as the Honorable Breitenbach also said, maybe in a, uh, if we want to we, we set the bar high enough to, to say that we're strengthening the whole system, that's the way to go. And that has a specific outcome. You either receive clearance or you don't. The difficulty, however, with screening is that it's merely a report that will be received. And from there, it will require a value judgment in respect of any matters that is reported as part of the screening report, whether it is serious enough to warrant a decision that this candidate should be deemed not to be fit and proper to serve on this body. 
Um, so it's not as simple as then saying somebody has passed, that the deputy minister has used the word, the, the term passed. But, but the, as I understand it from screening, if in respect of candidate Werner Horn, it comes back that, that he has an adverse credit record, of course, it will all be relevant um, as to when the judgment were given, for how much, whether uh, the the judgment has been satisfied, etc. So, so there's additional processes that will have to unfold. So that's the, the the first aspect that is problematic. The second aspect that is problematic is that, and and it is in addition to this one, or as a consequence of the of the way in which screening will have to be processed further, and that is that if we resolve to appoint pending successful screening people, uh, the, the, the candidates on the list will, in, a, in essence, require, acquire some rights. The, it's, it's legally speaking a whole different situation to say, we give concurrence to appoint these um, after we've, we've processed the, the, the outcome of screening versus we, we appoint these and then later on, uh, or, or we say it's a conditional appointment. The reality is those those candidates will then be in a position or better position to take Parliament and the and the minister to task about whether the value judgment given on the screening outcomes was in fact reasonable and rational. So I would would would, would urge chair that we, for the sake of the integrity of the process and proper decision-making by, by Parliament, to which we, we owe a duty of care that we do not appoint subject to further processes. We wait for, if it is to be screened, the screening results to come back, and then we deliberate on those. Thanks. Thank you very much. Um, maybe, Honorable uh, maybe you'll be the last one. Uh, let's get some guidance from the committee secretariat as procedural officers. Uh, are you referring to the time required for the screening? The time required for the screening? Uh, in our case, it uh, usually takes us uh, two, two to three weeks. Two to three weeks. Okay. Yeah, yeah, depending on the number, the number of candidates. And the implications of taking uh, people who have not been screened to the house. Uh, it would suggest that you know the committee did not properly apply its mind to the process. Okay. Thank you very much, Honorable Janji. Well, thank you, Chair. And, and thank you for your exercise. Uh, you perhaps uh, uh, would have assisted us to do that upfront, but it's very helpful the, the way you're doing it. Uh, and I think Bonani uh, has helped answering the two questions. Where I want to start here before I go to those two questions is, is, is just to, to, to bring clarity and consistency on, on this uh, screening and vetting matter. Mm -hmm. 
your committee has appointed people in chapter nine institutions, human rights commission, the public protector. Works with the public protector because the weight is, is big there. And in both those institutions supporting democracy, we used screening. It would be very much uh, odd and inconsistent that you now are faced with an institution with less weight than those two, which is NCCS. You want in the middle of the game to introduce vetting. So I wanted to bring that, that I think let's stay with our approach on the screening. And I think Bonani makes an important point about stretch that to a man for us to get those results. Because we've always made value judgments on all of those screening outcomes in everything else that we've done. And we have not been found wanting in those value judgments that, that, that we've made. And, and therefore, I'd, I wouldn't want to have a caution on this one. I think your point which you have not explained where your concern is, and I think we must attend to it. Uh, your concern is having our own chair presenting this report uh, almost half-heartedly, uh, incomplete. I, I think Honorable uh, Nola had earlier on suggested this process that I think uh, we must agree on now to say, with everything that was presented to us, we only have one issue that we are not happy about, which is the screening. And that we need to be then saying, um, we are going to have to come back. That's what he suggested, that the outcomes of that screening must come back to this committee before you take the matter chair to the house. Uh, so that when you take the matter to the, to, the, to the house, we would have received those outcomes. And your report is not going to be saying, well, we're presenting this subject to this. We will be presenting this knowing what the outcomes are. And if it's three or four weeks, uh, I, I, I think uh, there's no harm in doing that. Uh, and, and, and so basically that decision becomes, we've listened to the report, we're happy with everything else. Outstanding is the screening process for us to, to, to complete our work. We'll wait for that. As Honorable Nwala suggested, it will come to this committee as a final uh, input. And then from that point, that's when we take the report to the House. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, Honorable Judge. I think that takes us forward. Uh, I must uh, hasten to say that uh, um, let's focus on the screening because the vetting is a serious backlog and everybody knows about that. It might take months, sometimes it takes years for the reports to be back. Um, so there is a serious backlog with respect to, with regard to that. I think for now, let's, let's, let, let's stick to the screening and take the summary that uh, Honorable, uh, Honorable uh, Janji has said and take, take that uh, forward, which means that we agree with everything except this one outstanding matter. Because I think uh, uh, General Honorable Horn is correct. Um, we usually, uh, once we have received the report of the screening in some 
instances, we have to discuss it and have a value judgment. So I think it, it would be important for us uh, to say um, we, we would await the screening report. Uh, you will have to put pressure on SSA to, to do it as quickly as, as you can. And then, uh, then we can be able to take this matter to the house uh, 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 knowing very well that uh, there are no issues that uh, uh, would, uh, would uh, come out uh, from, the, from the report of the respective members. Uh, can I give Honorable Jella things an old hand, am I correct? Uh, things an old hand. Honorable Deputy Minister, are you... Old hand. Thank you very much. Honorable Deputy Minister, you said you will be the last. Oh, thank you very much, Chairperson, uh, uh, for giving me the last bite. I, I just wanted to share with the committee that... Uh, the term of the current NCCS, in fact, expired some time back and has been extended until the end of June. So I'm advised by the Secretariat of the NCCS that it's still permissible for that term to be extended for three more months, which means uh, it would be extended, it can be extended to the 31st of August. Uh, but I imagine, Devin, I'm hopeful that uh, we should be able to, to get information that is required regarding screening and so on uh, within that period. So I'm saying, therefore, that uh, in order for the work of the committee to be perfect, uh, it makes sense that uh, uh, the, the taking of, of the final decision of this matter be deferred pending the availability of that information from the screening. That's what I wanted to share with the committee chair. Thank you very much, uh, Deputy Minister. Uh, thank you um, to the department, to the secretariat, and to the members for the, for the fruitful engagement on this matter. Um, the issue raised by Honorable uh, Breitenbach, I think it's something that we still have to come back to it um, as, a, as a whole of government. Um, generally to say, um, is it not time that we should be for people that are supposed to be occupying serious leadership positions? But I know it happens in the civil service. Uh, directors, chief directors upwards is a vetting process. Um, but that would need also serious capacitation of the of the department that is supposed to be doing that vetting process. But it's something that I think we should really come back to it as to say as to whether is it um, time has not yet come uh, that we should be uh, thinking about a serious, uh, in-depth vetting of people who are supposed to be taking uh, some of the very serious decisions affecting uh, our country and our people. But I would like to thank members and everybody. We will meet on Wednesday for our in-house meeting as the committee. See you on Wednesday. Thank you very much, Jim. Thank you to everybody.
Recording stopped.